Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. Again, my name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. And I want to thank you for being with us as we go and study the Word of God. And I'm going to give you a couple ways of joining us today. First, by mail, if you so choose, at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Or you can email us at PastorEric523 at gmail.com. Again, we thank you for joining us today. And this week we've been studying about the era of comparison. And what I mean by comparison is that when we fail to acknowledge the God that's within us, the special care that God took to make all of us, that when he formed us, he knew us. And we'll get into some of these scriptures later on. But I think that in this day and in this hour that we live in, we see so much despair in people when you know, we see the, the, the hideous uh, uh, gun down, gunning down of, of innocence, of the children, of going into schools, of going into hospitals, of even just families and, and people celebrating on the street, minding their own business, just uh, having a good time and, and celebrating the, the birth of this country. Though it is not perfect yet, these people were just uh, acknowledging and, th and being thankful that we are free to express ourselves. And uh, we see so much going on and many wonder why Lord, why did this happen? And they begin to compare themselves. Well, Lord, uh, uh, maybe because we're not worthy. Maybe the reason why I'm in the situation that I am, that maybe if I've been like, more like my brother or more like my sister or more if I would have did this or did that, you know, and maybe I'll be further down the road. And some of those things may be true. But I believe that if we would, uh What's called, uh, we need to do what's called being introspective. In other words, look at the man or the woman in the mirror. When we behold that person in the glass and we look at them and, and just uh, take a, an accounting of where we are and, and, wonder, and, and, and then confess within ourselves, have we allowed God to be our director? Is he the conductor of our train? Is he the pilot of our plane? Is he the one that we consult when we when there are issues that rise up in life? Are we going to God or are we basing our decisions on what they said or what the people across the street, what they are doing? And when we do these things, yeah, that can be from the school you go to, to the person you marry, to, to the uh, church that you go to, to the messages that you preach, to whatever the case may be. We must be led by the Spirit of God. And most of all, as Apostle Paul spoke in the, in the scriptures, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. He says, follow my example. And Paul was an example to where he was following the Lord Jesus Christ. And his life was held up. And in the, in the writings we did last week, even Paul was compared to the other disciples that were around him. History says that Paul wasn't a very tall man. And if we read, as we read last week in uh, 2 Corinthians 10, it talked about how they were comparing Paul to others. They said, well, when you hear Paul speak, his voice is not that powerful. You know, his presence, you know, he's not the big muscular man or, you know, he may not, he, he, most likely he wasn't 6'5 and full of muscles and had a, the voice of angels as he spoke. But yet Paul said, all those things may be so. He said, but uh, in my writings, and when I come into your presence, the deeds that I do will back up what I said. And this is where we need to compare ourselves is we need to look into the word of God. That is the mirror that we should be comparing ourselves to. And so as we go into the word today, 
Again, our subject is about the era of comparisons because when we compare ourselves to the wrong things, when we have the wrong measure, and that's what I believe that uh, we're going to focus on today is, is the measure. What are we measuring? Who are we measuring ourselves to and against? And so let's go now. We Again, we just uh, paraphrase 2 Corinthians 10, 12. I'm going to read it to you. And then we're going to progress further today as we go into the lesson. So again, our subject, the era of comparison. And we're going to start out in 2 Corinthians 10, verse number 12. And this is Apostle Paul speaking. He says, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. And as Paul begins to speak to them again, and you can read uh, chapter 10, one through 11 up to this point, Paul is again, is basing what he's making a statement here that says, beware of who and of, of comparing yourselves with people that are around you. Be beware, because when you do these things, that's as far as think about it. If the, you're only going to go as far, if you're measuring yourself by the people around you, then, then that's going to be the measuring stick. That's as far as you're going to go. If you go around to the person that's the most prosperous in your group, as okay, if he's making 10,000 a year, I'm going to make 12. Okay, I'm going to make 11. And once you get to 11,000, okay, I'm good. Now I'm the highest one in my group. There's a saying in the world that in the world that says, if you ever find yourself in a room and you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Because what that saying is that, and according to these natural measures, it's saying that you always want to be around people that push you. You want to be around people that are pushing you up. As they lift themselves up, they seek to bring you up also. And that's how we are. The scripture says that we are our, our brother's helper. We are our, we are our brother's keeper. And just think about it. I'm not going to turn there, but if we go back into the book of, uh, book of Genesis and think about Cain and Abel. The Bible says that uh, God had, had instituted an offering and, and one he had given Adam and Eve and to, and to Cain and Abel. And they knew of what they should bring. And the Bible says that Abel brought the first of his sheep. Cain brought that of his harvest. And it says that uh, Abel's offering was pleasing to God, but Cain was not. And Cain became, evil, became angry because he began to compare himself to his brother. And in actuality, what Cain should have been comparing himself to is what did God say? What did God require of him? That's what Cain should have been measuring himself against. But instead of that, he became angry at Abel, and the Bible says he killed him. And so, again, when we find ourselves measuring ourselves among ourselves, comparing ourselves to what's going around us, uh, where is this person? Okay, you know what? They're a Democrat. I'm a Republican. So, you know what? I'm better than them. Or, you know what? I'm uh, black and they're white. You know what? They must be prejudiced. They must be, uh, 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 they must be against all black people. In actuality, the Bible says that a man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart of man, and that's where the measuring stick is. God looks at our heart, and he compares us, and he wants to see, is, is and are we covered by the blood of Jesus Christ? Because when we're covered by the blood, God is able to say, I am pleased with you. Why? Because Jesus is righteous. And he, when he died, he became our righteousness. And so I don't need to compare myself to who's around me. 
Because you will never be a better me. And I could be a, a better you. Uh, the person that I must, what I must do is, is allow God to perfect me. Let the Lord perfect that which is concerning me. Let him work on me. And, and, and what I must do is come, go into the word of God and humbly come to him and say, Father, I trust you. I trust you that when this is over, when, when my time to leave this earth or when the rapture comes, I'm going back with you, not because I'm a good person, but because I am a son of the Most High God, because I've humbled myself and allowed Christ in me, the hope of glory. The very God himself resides on the inside of me. I believe the Apostle Paul says that we have the power of God, this, this, this treasure God put in earthen vessels, meaning God put his Holy Spirit into all of us. And if you really would look and if any of us would just look in the mirror and just look at our flesh and look at our ways and look at sometimes how we speak or how we act. Or sometimes, you know, you can wake up in a bad mood and not even know why, why am I in a bad mood? The day just begun. But God's Holy Spirit resides on the inside of you. And because God is so merciful, he is so loving, he doesn't draw his spirit back from you, but he, but he propels us to go on in Christ, to allow the Holy Spirit to have free course in us. So when we go to the word and we, we go into Corinthians 13 and we find out about how God's word, how God's love is, how is, how is kind, how is not easily provoked, how is how, uh, how the love of God is, is toward all men. And when we find out who God is and we allow the word of God to work freely in us, then we will find ourselves looking more like Christ, more and more each and every day. No, we won't be perfect down here on this earth. God will always be revealing things to us. But because he's such a loving God, he doesn't show us everything at one time. But what God does is he perfects us. He, he, he constantly gives us encouragement and he pushes us and he propels us. And he comes to a point where he reveals to us and show us, oh, you know, you're coming up short in this area. But let me, let me lovingly show you. Let me encourage you. He'll send us a word. He'll send us a dream. He'll send us a, 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 a lead us some places in the scriptures and where this word simply jump off the page and it reveals us. And when he does that, God has just shown us again about, okay, you see that this happened, that you blew off the hand, you fell off, you, you blew your top in traffic today. You, 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 you said a word you shouldn't have said. You, you read, you, you lost your temper at the, uh, at the, at the, at the family reunion. You know, you, you, you let somebody, somebody cut you off in traffic and you gave them that salute that you shouldn't have done. And see, all of these things, they reveal something on the inside of us. That means that, you know what, Lord, that's still some perfecting that needs to happen. But you know, God doesn't throw us away. But Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said, preacher, why are you always bringing that scripture up? Because we all need it. We all need it. We all come short and of the glory of God. We all need a revelation of God's love. We all need to know when and receive more of his love. And the more we receive, we receive his love, he reveals himself to us. And as we walk in love, we will be challenged. We'll be challenged by the evil one about, oh, you know, you, I see you reading your Bible now, but you know, uh, brother across the street, he read uh, 10 chapters a day. How many did you read? 
Oh, pastor said that uh, we should fast. Everybody should fast the day to, th to three o'clock. You only made it to 1115. And see, when we start comparing ourselves, God looks at the inward man. He looks at you, sister. He looks at you, my brother. And he knows where you are. And you know what? He loves you right with your 1115 cell. He loves you. He loves you with your blowing, blowing your top cell. He loves you when he saw you blow, giving that one finger salute. He still loves you. He know you did it. He knew you would do it before you did it. But he still loves you. And but what grace comes in that says, you know, Jesus knew all this was inside of me. And he still loved me. He still cares about me. He still says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come. It says you come, and he says, except you come with a little child. You know, you can correct a little child. You know, you can correct granddaughter or grandson or son or daughter. You know, you can say, oh, no, we, our daddy can't let you get away with that. And you've got to give him some correction. And when you do, and you do it in love, and you tell them, say, look, I love you, but I can't, we, we're not going to have that type of behavior. That's the same way God tells us. You know, he'll come and say, you know what you did? They're going to cost you because you're going to have to go back and repent. You know, you go back, you got to go back to that person at, at the church where you got to organize a, little par a parking spot. You got to go back and repent to that sister who you said hit your car and you found somebody else left a note in your car because she had a red car and you had a red mark on the car. Now you got to go back and repent and say, oh, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Please forgive me. See, these are the things that will help us to grow. And when we don't measure ourselves by others, but we looking unto Jesus, the Bible says the author and the finisher of our faith. He began this work in you. He began it. I believe this. Let's go to that. I, wouldn't, I was going to go to that later. But this is what uh, Psalms 130, I believe Psalms 138 and 8. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to 130, 138 and 7. He said, though I walk in the midst of trouble, this is David talking. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, he says, you will revive me. When you messed up again and again and again, and you feel like turning your back and say, God, why you keep loving you know, the Lord, he'll keep loving you. See, sometimes we feel like when we miss the mark, you know, when you miss it one time, everybody says, well, you know, you're learning. But when you miss it again and again and again, and you become frustrated with yourself, God still loves you. And, it love, and you'll receive it. Now, sometimes you got to actively see, receive God's word. You say, preacher, how do I actively receive God's word? By you just sitting down in your chair or on the side of your bed or with bended knees or in your car and say, Father, I just receive your love right now. I receive the love that you are pouring out to me. I know, Lord, that you are for me. You said in your words, Lord, that, that, that your grace is sufficient. Thank you for sufficient grace. Lord, you give me grace to walk back in here. You give me grace, Lord, to love my husband and to love my wife. You give me grace, Lord, to walk in here and say I'm sorry. Lord, I don't feel like doing it. Lord, I have, I'm ashamed. I let you down. But I believe, Lord, that you're gonna, I have the grace. I have, Lord, I have what it takes to go in to say this, Lord, thank you, Lord, that you control my tongue. I will not blame them, but I will receive, Lord God, 
whatever they, whether they receive it or not, I am going to say, I'm sorry, forgive me. And then you go and do it. We have the loving God. He is the God that keeps on loving. He'll love you when you're doing good. He'll love you when you miss the mark. He'll love you when you're still growing. He'll love you when you when you when you tell that lie. You know you're gonna you know you you know you're lying when you when you tell before you tell the lie. Because we don't want sometimes we don't want to suffer for our, our we don't, that flesh doesn't want to suffer. That flesh doesn't want to humble themselves and say, you know what? I well, I I I I I want to I don't want to admit this, but I'm gonna admit it. See, that's where we grow. But you also grow when you come back and say, you know what? I didn't tell all the truth. I didn't, you know, I I I, I conceived that and, and I got to come and tell you I'm I'm sorry, I, I I deceived you. See, that's where God wants us to get to. He wants us to get to a place that where we're loving him, but most of all, where we're receiving his love. God will meet you right where you are. If he came to save you, why wouldn't he forgive you and you're saved now? Jesus did all of that work, being born of a virgin, lived over, over 30 years, gotten beat, spit on, slapped, hair ripped out of his face, a thorn uh, 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 put into his skull, back beaten, stripped of flesh, uh, with, a, with a sword, ram, I mean, with a, a, a spear rammed into his side, up through his ribs to his heart. And most of all, he became sin. So if he's going to go through that effort to bring, to provide salvation for you, and then he says, as God draws you in, he says, no man cometh unto me except my father which is in heaven. Draw him. And God takes all his time and effort to draw you to him. Why would he, when you fall, say, I'm done. He'll be always with a hand out to lift you up. He'll always be there saying, I, I love you. you. You're better than this. So it goes on to say in the 30, 38th verse, he said, I'm going to read 37 quickly. He said, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou will revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thy hand against the wrath of my enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. He said, when people are coming against you and telling you, Mr. Mark, you ain't worth nothing. I told them, I told my daughter not to marry you. I told my son you wasn't worth nothing. And now look what you've done, the very thing I said you wouldn't do. Why your very kinsmen, your very kinswoman, are putting their foot on your neck. Psalm 138 appears and it says, the Lord will perfect that which concerning me. The Lord, that's got to be your word when you fall, when in the middle of falling, after you fail, with your heart broken. You must be able to say, God will perfect that which concerns me. In other words, where I fail, this wounded area, where I'm wounded, the grace of God has already began the work of healing me of bringing me back up, of securing me. And if, if, if I will receive what God has said, as I receive him, I'm going to see the greatness of God, the goodness of God in my life. I'm going to live to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Satan, I am victorious. I know I may be a mess now, but by faith, the scripture says, let the weak say I'm strong. 
I'm stronger than this. Why? Because I receive his strength. It's not that my strength is true. He said, my strength is made perfect in our weakness. So I'm just going to glory in the strength that Jesus has. I'm going to glory in what God has already done. You have been defeated, devil, and you defeated, you were defeated when Jesus came off of that cross. You were defeated when he came and drug you up and down the poles of hell. You were defeated now when he got up out the grave, and you defeated in my life. Because if you if you were stronger than God, you'd have stopped me from being saved. But you couldn't do it. And because I have the victory of Christ in me, the hope of glory, I don't fear you. Yes, I may be I may be down in my heart now, but I tell you, I reign. I see myself reigning. I see myself walking on your head. I see myself giving God glory. And my testimony will be how I overcame you. How that you are defeated even now in my life. And as we go on to say in the 38th verse, again, the Lord, 138 and 8, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. The mercy of God. He said, we get new mercies every day. Yes, I failed yesterday, but you know what? God's mercies are fresh for me. He's not keeping account of how many times I failed. He says, I get new mercies every day. New mercy. God prepares for me. New mercy. He's laid out for me. New mercy. And because I have new mercy, God is perfecting me. I what I got to do for to get new mercies? I just receive it. Let's move on now. Isn't that good? It's good to know that God is for us. And if you ever get down, if we ever and we will find you. You find yourself. You may not be out committing. You may not be. You may. There's some things that you may be over. That I'm not over. But somewhere, some way, you're gonna find yourself coming up short. And when you do, no, the Lord will perfect that. He's gonna complete it. He's gonna. I'm gonna reach a place of victory, to where. It doesn't mean I won't be tried again, but what it does mean is. I will walk in victory. I walk in victory even now. Because Jesus is victorious, so am I. Let's go now. Let's go to a parable over in the book of St. Luke. This is St. Luke, 18th chapter. I'm going to start reading about in around the uh, ninth verse. St. Luke, the 18th chapter. And Jesus is giving a parable about the uh, 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 Pharisee and the publican. Right? So this is St. Luke. It's in the Gospels. If you go to uh, the middle of the Bible, go where that white page is from Malachi, then turn over the, 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 the blank page and you get to Matthew. And then Matthew, Mark, next book is Luke. And we're in Luke 18, uh, verse number 9. And this is talking about, again, the Pharisee and the publican. And he, being Jesus, spoke this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. And again, Jesus dealt with religious people. And see, that's nothing wrong with religion if your religion is pointing you to the love of God. Uh, I believe it was James that said that uh, pure religion and undefiled before God is this, as you visit the widows and, and uh, orphans in their affliction, and that you keep yourself unspotted from the world. Well, what he's saying is, you know, first give alms. 
When you're visiting the widows and the uh, orphans, you're giving. You're giving alms. You're, you're blessing them with whatever they need. You may be providing a service or you're giving money or giving encouragement. Whatever you have to give, you offer it. Then he says to keep himself unspotted from the world, meaning for us, that means I take on the righteousness of God. How do I do that? I would do that by submitting myself to Christ. How do I submit myself? By saying, Lord, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Salvation is so easy. It's given to us. It's a gift. That's who Jesus is. He's a gift. He is grace. The Bible says we are, Ephesians says, we are saved by faith through grace. That's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. It takes grace and faith. And what is grace? Grace is God's unmerited, unearned favor. It's what God gave to the world. When he said in John uh, 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his son. And whosoever believeth on him should not, would not perish, but have everlasting life. So he gave Jesus. Jesus is the gift. Then Ephesians says that uh, it's, it's, when he talks about grace and faith, not only must you receive Jesus, but you've got to believe in him. We all have got to walk in what he said. For there are many people who go to church, you know, they, 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 they attend every service. They attend all the 100 men in white, 100 women in white, the 10 men in beige, the three women in, in, in pink, whatever you want to say. All them services, they there, they're there. Every one of them. Can you imagine how many services we attend in our lives, from choir singings to, you know, to funerals, to... Uh, uh, whatever you want to name it, we're there. Rightly so. Celebrating people, celebrating our home going of, of fellow believers, uh, uh, uplifting each other in, in, in worship, coming together and worshiping in, uh, uh, if, if, whether it's practicing for choirs or whatever the case may be. Scripture said make a joyful, joyful noise. So that's what God asks us to do. But my point is, why do all of these things and then you stand before God and your best defense is, Lord, I went to church. Who wants to be the best sinner in that went to hell? You was in church all those times. All of that uh, uh, hours and hours and hours you attended church. And in the end, it comes up that you don't know God. Let's read Tenth verse says, and two men went into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, the other a publican. And you could just substitute publican for an hour a day or be a sinner. Uh, some play people will call him a heathen. Someone who who will stand outside of the, 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 the house of faith. They know about God. However, they're not walking in the ways of God. That makes them a publican. And the Pharisee, of course, if you know anything about the Pharisee, and Paul gives a script, description of this, when he was talking about his lineage, when he was outside of the house of faith, he said, I was a righteous man in, my, in the Jewish religion. They knew the first five books of the, uh, of the Bible. They knew Greek and Hebrew. They, they, uh, they observed all of the uh, uh, holy days. They, walked, they did not, uh, they made it a practice of, of knowing the, the, uh, you know, all of the laws and make and make sure they did them. They were tithers. They do everything that you could. You go down the laws of Moses and 
the first 10 and then the other 603. They did all these things to be holy. But Jesus had something for him. It says that uh, the Pharisee began to pray. He said the Pharisee stood and said within himself, God, I ain't like them. I ain't taking no money from nobody. I'm not extortionate. I'm not unjust. I ain't lying. I'm not an adulterer. You don't see me going down cheating on my uh, spouse or taking somebody else's spouse. And now nah, I ain't even like this heathen over here. He said, I fast twice in a week. Then I give tithes of everything. Everything. But Jesus said, the heathen or the publican, he stood afar off. Because he thought of himself as unworthy. He had looked in the mirror, as we said earlier. He had taken account of himself. And he began to say, And the publican stood off, stood afar off, would not even lift up his head so much as his eyes to heaven. Because he had he came with humility, knowing that I am not worthy. I am not worthy to even be in this in this inner the temple. I am not worthy to even speak to God. But I know my place. I know what I've done. And I'm willing, Lord. I'm coming to you saying, God. He begins to say, he says, he didn't even look up his eyes unto heaven, but he beat upon him breast sincerely and said, God, be merciful to me. For I am a sinner. I know what I, you know what I've done and I know what I've done. I don't like what I've done. I know you don't like it. But I ask for your mercy. Help me. The greatest prayer that you could ever pray is Jesus, save me, help me. And, and, and Jesus goes on to say, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. And justified means as God called him right. He called him, he, he declared him righteous because he came by faith. When he left, he was assured that God heard him. That's what righteousness is. When God says, yes, I receive you as my son. Therefore, not based on what you've done, but on what my son has done. And this is after Christ's, uh, uh, Christ's crucifixion. But now, this publican who was a Jew was able to come into the temple and because he spoke up, God gave him mercy and he was justified in his heart by faith. And he says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. The other man, wasn't, he, was, he was already, he was self-righteous. He says, I know I'm good. Matter of fact, I don't even know why I'm praying. You know I'm good. I know I'm good. And he says, for everyone that exalted himself shall be abased. He that humbles himself shall be exalted. God will lift you up. He knows the very hairs on our head. He knows who we are. He knows who you are. He knows where you are in this very hour. I pray that you got something out of this teaching today. For I believe as we sow the seeds of, of, of grace, and on, not only in our own heart, by reading the word and believing that what Jesus did is sufficient. But not only receiving his grace, but we, 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 we walk by it by faith. And we're willing to acknowledge that, Lord, through you, I can do all these things. 
but without you, I am nothing. Your work is finished. It's complete. I just walk in it by love. I receive your love today. Forgive me, Lord, of all of my sins. Save me, Jesus. Lord, I've walked with you before. I knew you as Lord, and I wandered away. Father, I present myself to you today. Renew that right spirit in me today, Lord. Quicken my heart and my footsteps. Oh, Lord, I thank you. Today, I renew my relationship with you, with you and declare, I am a son of the Most High God. I walk by faith and not by sight. As Jesus redeemed my heart before, Lord, I receive you as Lord and as Savior and as King. Thank you, Lord, for I am a member of the household of faith. We thank you again for being with us today on Journeys in Grace. And I pray this message meant something to you and that you learned something of it and you will take these scriptures that are written in the uh, podcast notes and study them for yourselves. Until we meet again, be blessed and we go down the journeys of grace.